Hey everybody and welcome to the latest episode of the Leftist Film Analysis Podcast. I'm Mike. I'm Mitchell. And we are your hosts. Today we're going to be talking about the movie Black Panther. And we are super excited to be doing that because there is uh, there are just a ton of things politically. Absolutely. And uh, especially from a leftist perspective that we can delve into. And we uh, really enjoyed the film itself. So yep. It's a good time. So uh, thanks for tuning in and we're excited to jump in. All right, Black Panther uh, was released in February of 2018, directed by Ryan Coogler, and written by Joe Robert Cole and Ryan Coogler. Uh, it is based on Marvel characters created by Stan Lee and Jack Kirby. Black Panther stars Chadwick Boseman as uh, T'Challa in Black Panther, um, Michael B. Jordan as Eric Killmonger, Lupita Nyong'o as Nakia. Uh, Martin Freeman as Everett K. Ross. And Daniel Kaluuya as Wakabi. Uh, the plot here, uh, according to IMDb, after the events of Captain America Civil War, King T'Challa returns home to the reclusive, technologically advanced African nation of Wakanda to serve as his country's new leader. However, T'Challa soon finds that he is challenged for the throne from factions within his country. Uh, when two foes conspire to destroy Wakanda, the hero known as Black Panther must team up with the CIA agent Everett K. Ross and members of the Dora Milaje, Wakandan Special Forces, to prevent Wakanda from being dragged into world war. So, to dive a little deeper into that and just kind of unpack the plot a little bit, because there's a lot going on. Yeah. Uh, hundreds of years ago, essentially, uh, these five tribes, these African tribes, uh, went to war over a meteorite containing vibranium. Um, one warrior would ingest a heart-shaped herb, um, and they would uh, then become the Black Panther. The, right, the, the first Black Panther by doing that. And uh, all but the Jabari tribe unite to form Wakanda. Um, the Jabari tribe, they, they kind of live on the outskirts and, right. and do their own thing and uh, and initially challenge for the throne in Wakanda uh, when T'Challa gets back. Uh, but they come around. Um, so, uh, back in, in 92, 1992, uh, King T'Chaka visits his brother Njobu who is working undercover in Oakland, California. Um, T'Chaka accuses him of assisting black market arms dealer Ulysses Claw with stealing vibranium from Wakanda. Uh, and Jobu's partner reveals he is Zuri, another undercover Wakandan, and confirms T'Chaka's suspicions. Uh, and, and a lot of that is integral to the plot as well and comes back around uh, with, um, with Eric Killmonger's character and... Um, and also King T'Chaka and, and some different things. Uh, right. But that initially happens um, in Oakland, California. And that's something I want to touch on, uh, is the parallels between uh, the Black Panther Party organization mm -hmm. in the 1960s uh, in the U.S. in Oakland, California, and some of the things going on in the film. Uh, about Wakanda itself something we'll be discussing, uh, what it represents as a place, the kingdom of Wakanda, 
um, what kind of society and government structure they have there and they're operating under, um, the kind of rituals and different things and the way that, that uh, you know, power is, uh, is shifts and uh, things like that, that, those kinds of dynamics within Wakanda, um, the obvious racial and cultural issues uh, at play here, and um, maybe talk a little bit about... Um, how the military specifically affected Eric Killmonger's character and how he got his name, uh, yeah. Killmonger, um, and uh, maybe what vibranium as a resource represents uh, yeah. to the culture or and, and to the world. Um, and we'll also talk a little bit about whitewashing and, and throughout history and especially in Hollywood and different things like that because that's, uh, that's an interesting topic to touch on. Um, and... Uh, yeah, so we'll cover a, a lot of different themes. Uh, I'd like to start um, with some words from uh, Black Panther co-founder Huey Newton himself. Uh, in Revolutionary Suicide, uh, he said, quote, The panther is a fierce animal, but he will not attack until he's backed into a corner. Then he will strike out, end quote. And that is uh, on the name of the Black Panther organization and kind of what they were about initially. And I think that's really important to highlight and uh, really interesting because I don't know if they're seen as um, is a lot of what they were, they, they were doing was seen as defense and, and uh, against um, oppression and police brutality in their communities and things, you know. Right. So uh, I think a lot of people have a lot of um, different perceptions about the uh, Black Panther organization and a lot of biases. Uh, but I think that's, uh, that, that right there uh, shows a lot. Yeah, it really explains uh, their their mindset um, because they uh, clearly they, they feel like they've been backed in a corner and African Americans that, that is okay. I, I mean uh, uh, sorry I should have specified but yeah that that's what I meant because uh, clearly like, like definitely I mean they've been they've been more than backed into a corner and that's just it, 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 it's indicative of of just their their mindset of like. This has been going on too long, and, and it, it's time for us to like finally step up and right and take matters into their own hands and protect their communities yeah. um, by forming this organization. And it, it may speak to some of the uh, the way that Wakanda wants to protect itself from outside influence and protect their culture and defend themselves against uh, a lot of those things. So that's uh, that's a really uh, those are those are uh, that's good insight. Those good words from uh, from Huey Newton. So I think that also it, it, it says something about maybe the direction of the film uh, that they kind of based a lot of that in uh, the early stuff in, the, in 1992 in the film. Um, yeah, with, it's where the... T'Chaka and everything uh, in in Oakland, California. Right, the, so. the film starts in Oakland and, and the... Uh, the Black Panther Party started in Oakland, so that's a, that's a cool, super cool parallel. Right, so obvious parallel there and... We don't know, of course, if that was uh, purposeful, but we just have to take it how we take it. And, uh, it's very, very cool either way. I think also uh, I'd like to, to mention a quote from Bobby Seale, um, also co-founder of the Black Panther organization, um, speaking about solidarity, which I think we see a lot of in this film between the tribes uh, mm -hmm. in Wakanda. Um, uh, he said, in quote, you don't fight racism with racism. The best way to fight racism is with solidarity, end quote. 
and I think that that's another thing that, especially with the Jabari tribe, uh, coming to the aid of uh, of T'Challa and uh, and Wakanda later on in the film, which we'll get to uh, and talk a little bit more in depth about. But yeah, I think there's a lot of solidarity shown there, and I think that's super important and uh, and a really great aspect of the film that was highlighted. Yeah, I think solidarity is is a is a, a constant theme throughout the the entire movie, um, and then it all like comes together at the at the end. So I, I think that's a that's a huge uh, topic to to talk about. Agreed. And I'd like to mention just real quick um, that according to IGN, Black Panther became the third highest grossing film of all time in North America. Uh, passing James Cameron's Titanic. That's incredible. So it's it's um, number one is Star Wars: The Force Awakens, with nine hundred thirty-six million six hundred sixty-two thousand two hundred twenty-five dollars. Um, next is Avatar, with seven hundred sixty million five hundred seven thousand six hundred twenty-five dollars, uh, and Black Panther is, is now third with six hundred sixty-five million three hundred fifty-five thousand seven hundred forty. That's incredible, and I think I think Black Panther is is uh, miles better than than Avatar. I, I think Avatar was just mainly a, a, a supposed to be a spectacle. I, the right. the storyline was pretty bland. I saw um, it one time, and that was that was fine. Yeah, that yeah. was it. That was it for me too. I've I've never had any interest to see that again. Um, it's certainly the most uh, Black Panther, and is certainly the most um, probably culturally effective and, and absolutely politically yeah. effective. Uh, um, and maybe socially, I mean, Star Wars is really, uh, a, there's a social, a big social uh, group around Star Wars, but um, but Black Panther has really revolutionized a lot of that, uh, the way we talk about movies this year, so. Yeah, yeah, and it, it, it's, it's super hard, but, but I, I think I could even go as far as to say that, that I probably enjoyed uh, Black Panther more than than, than the Force Awakens, um, and I, I absolutely loved the Force Awakens. Yeah, I thought it was incredible, um, and and Black Panther just blew me away in, in in so many regards. On on, I mean, it even if you took out all the the social commentary that it offers, like it's still just a cool ass fucking movie. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I think so too. I think it's the most affecting of those, and I think it's um, that it's uh, it's it's got some some real staying power and absolutely. Uh, and and I think it I think it's Marvel's best outing to date. I agree. Um, at first, I thought I thought nothing was going to be able to, to to top Thor Ragnarok because I, yeah, I thought that for the for the time that that uh, that was that was probably going to be the the bar and. Black Panther just came and fuck your bar, and mm-hmm. now I'm the bar. Um, and it was it it just it was such a thrilling movie to to see, and especially in theaters. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I'm super glad that it was that it was able to that that was able to be reflected in in its earnings as well, because so much great fucking art uh, just doesn't doesn't get out there uh, far enough sometimes because of things like money and, and capitalism and all this bullshit get, that gets in the way and um, and it's I think that may be something that artists struggle with um, you know we as artists in a sense we're musicians and um, 
podcasters, if you'd want to consider that yeah. some sort of art or information dissemination or something. But um, I think that's something. I think, that I think artists, it's fair to say that the podcast could be considered art these it's days. Certainly, some of them. I mean, um, it, it's a, it's a medium, so yeah, it's it's like it's news and art and you know information. I mean, it's a whole bunch. But uh, I think that that's something that artists kind of have to deal with and uh, come to terms with especially uh, you know in modern society is how we're going to monetize this and and not just monetizing the art for the sake of you know income or something but just to get it out there you know right. just to get a further reach on on something especially something like Black Panther that has a a political bent to it or or a you know yeah unfortunately capitalism does have a, a way to, to make everything a commodity yeah, um, and it can stifle like insurrectionary art sure um like I, th- I think the most notable one is 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 uh the the shirt of che guevara i mean yeah. how many of those do you see people wearing and they probably paid 20 to 25 dollars for that t-shirt when che probably uh, would have advocated for had not having his his face on a shirt anyway yeah and i mean and that's tough because then you, you know you can debate that too is it something that helps get the word out? Sure, yeah. That's, that's so. I mean, it's it's just it's the back and forth. You know, that's the thing. That's the struggle that we're talking about. But and so, but in in this case, in in, in terms of of Black Panther being uh, monetized or whatever, it's it's good because it it shows to be the third highest grossing film of of all time shows that that there are are people out there that were waiting for for a movie like this to. To, to come along and and something for for uh, black people to, to finally be able to I- identify with uh, and I guess you could count blade but I mean that blade was ahead of its time but it, it didn't do anything culturally for 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 black people whereas yeah, I, I guess so I mean you know I I know that there was a lot of talk around this film and there was a lot of um, there was some backlash from right-winger groups that, of course. that you know, were talking about why is it a mostly black cast or why, you know, let's try to drive the ratings down or, or you know, let's try to sabotage this in some way. Um, oh, did you see, like, how many... Speaking of all of that shit, did you see, like, how many fucking white people were, were posting, like, they got mugged or assaulted oh, like, yeah, like yeah. outside of the they theaters were, they, yeah and it, it was a bullshit it got, yeah it was totally people, people were like posting pictures with the, the black eyes and like yeah. bleeding and stuff and saying they were assaulted and outside of this movie because of the I guess the, the culture that surrounded it which is fucking ridiculous and uh, and it's just one another way to try and you know, kind of undercut that that yeah. whole thing and, and sabotage and, it, as you yeah, said, and 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 downplay the the significance of this film uh, culturally and and the positive impact it can have, um, which I think totally outweighed all the bullshit. And it's this certainly solidifies, even if it took millions of dollars to do it in a major studio like Marvel Studios, um, it at least solidifies that this film will be remembered for those things the, the the positive impact and the cultural things uh 
for far longer than it will for any of that bullshit that surrounds sure, it. And, and, uh, and I really, I thought it was great, the solidarity that a lot of people showed in going on opening weekend and making this happen. Yeah, um, yeah. We were going to try to go opening weekend, but... We couldn't I'm, get in. It was yeah, too packed. There so were just too many awesome. people, I mean, so that... The that, parking lots were full. Tickets were selling out everywhere. So, you know, um, it was a... It was a really a kind of a cultural thing and it was awesome yeah it's really great to see so and you felt it in the air too like that that like just driving by the theater and and mm -hmm. seeing all of those cars and and just knowing that they were there for for black panther because like i mean movie theaters are are, are kind of full but not not to that extent sure, weekends, i've never yeah. seen i've i've never seen it that full before and no this, I, this is this is multiple theaters that we saw and and that's the thing we you know we thought you know, wow, we've we haven't seen this theater, or this theater in town that full, and then now these numbers reflect that. So sure. that was, you know, that's cool. But um, you can debate the um, the impact of or the the merits of um, showing that kind of solidarity and con consumerism, I guess, through capitalism. But um, that's uh, to me, you know. It, where we're at today, I mean, I, I believe that's a, I'm going to take that as a positive. And, uh, you know, I think that, that folks got out in, in big groups and showed uh, some solidarity by, by showing up for this and making it a cultural thing and making people um, pay attention to it. So yeah, yeah, absolutely. All right, uh, so just to jump back into the plot here, um, Ulysses Claw and Eric steal a Wakandan artifact from a London museum early on in the film. Uh, and the woman is telling, I guess she's some sort of guide or something at the museum, is mm -hmm. um, telling Eric about the history of it. And uh, he corrects her and says that it's Wakandan and explains how it was essentially whitewashed. Um, so we can talk a little bit about that next. Okay. Kind of the whitewashing uh, of culture and, and, and history and uh, especially films. Um, I think it's especially evident in uh, the backlash from those groups, right-wing groups, and people that thought that a mostly black cast was a problem when there's been, very often there have been, you know, mostly white casts <laughs> for a lot of of history and films um, so I think that changing with this film for for whatever reason upset those people and, and they were so used to what was they thought was a, a, the norm I guess which is a, you know a mostly white cast or something that that uh, that this came as a uh, I guess a shock or they were upset about it and I mean this that's just uh, which I, I still insane. don't understand because, um, oh man, it 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 it's just so frustrating because it's like, what what's it hurting? Why why is there a need to to even like be like, oh god, they're are they are they gonna have any white people in this movie? Like, why did? I, 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 what if they didn't? You know, fuck off. Like, yeah, like, like seriously. Um, because like, as I almost felt like, um, I I didn't 
I almost felt like I, I didn't want the, the Everett Ross dude from the CIA there because I was like, I, I, I felt like it was trying to appease white fans by, by having the, 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 the one white guy in there, and I, which I understand, uh, but that's also the, 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 the limits that capitalism uh, put on stuff because you got to try to appease everybody so you can have like the biggest turnout possible, which they still had. Right. And it wasn't because of white people, I'm sure. Um, so, I mean, I believe Everett K. Ross was a white guy, though, in the comics. So, you can talk about maybe what if they had made him an African American character in the sure. film? Wouldn't that have pissed people off? Um, which would have been fine. I don't yeah. know. You know, it's it's like when they, they were talking about uh, Idris, uh, Idris Elba, Idris Elba, however you say it, uh, who is great, who I love, um, when they were talking about, there was a rumor that he was going to play James Bond for a minute a little while ago, and uh, people lost their fucking minds. Yeah, they sure know? did. I He's mean, a I fictional just, fucking character. Yeah, he can be whatever, you know. Just because a white guy wrote it doesn't mean they they all have to be uh, white casted. Yeah, I mean, so it's just it's it, the 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 sense that makes to argue over something like that is uh, really strange. But it shows, I think, where a lot of our culture is at. In that you know we're so fucking used to the whitewashed versions mm -hmm. of, of history and of art. That do you uh, remember the backlash that Gods in Egypt film got? Uh, I think it was it was either Russell Crowe or Gerard but I think it was Gerard Butler. Uh, so he was like supposed to be Moses or 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 something to that effect and uh in in fucking Egypt and Gerard Butler is he's like Australian I think. Uh yeah, he's something like that. Gods of Egypt. Okay, yeah, Gods of Egypt. That'd okay, okay. Uh, yeah, Gerard Butler was in... Oh, Chadwick Boseman was in that one as well. Oh, cool. I, yeah, I didn't know that. I did not see that film, but go on. Uh, I, I haven't seen it either. Uh, it, it looked shitty, so <laughs> so I wasn't going to see it anyway. Uh, no no disrespect to, to Mr. Boseman. Um, I, I think he's a great actor. Loved it. I, 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 I didn't realize that he was the... Uh, uh, the guy that that played Thurgood uh, Thurgood Marshall in yeah in, another in, really good yeah movie. that was yeah. a that was an Last incredible year. film it got a little bit overlooked because um, because of how much was going on last year in movies but right it was, uh, as far as like for Oscar season and stuff but but it was a good ass movie from yeah last it year. sure was uh, but, but but yeah so there was a there was a backlash for yeah that. The, yeah because uh, I mean there, it's kind of obvious that that like. There weren't white people in Egypt at that time, mm -hmm. um, and then like even as far as Jesus goes, like right, he, he's, a totally, he's totally whitewashed, whitewashed. as well. Yeah, um, he. I mean, by by all accounts, this 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 Jesus fellow was uh, based on the time and and the place. He was he was probably a brown skinned man. Right. I mean, you know, you have to take that into consideration. I mean, um, and southern, southern, especially southern, but not all um, conservative Christians are like, no, my Jesus was white. Yeah. It's yeah. I mean, it's a it's a thing, and um, and it's just an ideal, I guess. You have this kind of like. Uh, um, 
idea of of like the ideal Jesus for them is white, and that's fucked up too. And, yeah, and, so and like Santa has to be white for whatever reason. Yeah. They, they shit their pants over over a black Santa, which yeah, totally also uh, yeah can be whatever. I mean, it's a it's a spoiler alert here. Um, uh, you know fictional, mythological, whatever you'd like to call uh, those types of characters or historical, I mean, whatever you tie that, all of that to there's in, in mythology and religion and and history uh, in general there's just so much of it, you know Yeah. there's so much of that kind of um, just uh, you know the, the, I think initially a lot of the um, the content uh, may have been that way because at the time a lot of this content was being put out, I think it was by white people and mm-hmm. controlled by, you know, companies by white people and governments by, you know, and, and, and so on and so forth. And so that's also um, a big issue is, is you know, manufacturing... Um, ideals and and things that people are going to learn about the world and and history and politics and governments and religions and you know who controls um, the companies or uh, that are putting out these materials whether it be a studio or a fucking textbook manufacturer you know um, yeah, or a publisher you know I mean it's uh, private interests and um, bias and all of those things, uh, the, none of those industries are immune to any of that. It's right. all through that. And so um, to say or think or believe that there's not a bias in history or even education, um, textbooks, you know, art, anything like that by some of these large companies in, uh, in the works, uh, that there's not a bias toward that kind of whitewashing or, or right. certain ideals. Um, that's a that's a, a dangerous thing to buy into and, and believe um, because you're kind of putting blinders on when yeah. you do that. Another film that that got some 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 backlash is is uh, it, more recently than than Gods and Gods of Egypt is uh, um, Scarlett Johansson and and. Uh, Ghost in the Shell, or go- oh yeah, I think that's yeah, yeah. Um, white white lady playing a, I guess she's supposed to be Japanese, because uh, I, I I'm not into anime that much. But that's what I heard too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yu-Gi-Oh was was about as far as I went into uh, <laughs> in, in anime. Well, uh, if we if we have some uh, anime uh, experts out there, or or any experts on that film or anything around that right yeah tweet us and let us know what's up but that's what that's what i heard too was that uh, yeah it was supposed to be a japanese lady that that was the main character and and here comes um liberal hollywood to be like well what if we got a white lady to play her yeah which is just irritating if you can't have it both ways you can't be like oh well we want only white people to play James Bond but we also want white people to play these these other characters that are supposed to be of a different ethnicity right yeah you it, it's uh 
it works both ways. Right. And, uh, yeah, that's, uh, it's a shame. But, I mean, it's just, um, it's, it's out there. And, uh, there are a ton of, a ton of, um, examples. But, um, whether it be, you know, kind of whitewashing the culture of, 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 you know, Native Americans and indigenous peoples, uh, uh, in the U.S. or or in many different places, or um, you know, ignoring the fact that um, we totally um, we we brought an entire you know race of people here, and 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 as slaves made them you know build up a lot of the infrastructure of our country, and uh, and then want to give them nothing in return and act like. Um, you know, I, it's it's still part of the language, at least here in the South. I, there's a lot of, uh, I don't know if it's if it's other places, but here in the South, there's still a lot of that attempt at justifying the the the, the, the Confederate side and the Civil War. Oh and yeah, that shit. I mean, yeah. that's very hotly contested. Uh, pretty often, unfortunately, still in the South and in, the, in, the, in uh, the Southern United States, and, um, and that comes up a lot. You know, is that um, they're still justifying slavery, and there's, you know. Um, well, after slavery was abolished, these people uh, came back to work and preferred to stay with, uh, you know, almost enslaved or something. Or, or, or you know, I've heard people say that, um, that they were uh, lucky to have been cared for in such a way or yeah. something. I mean, good God, what a what a shit show that whole thing is. But but there there is that kind of rhetoric out there, and that's super dangerous as well. Um, and and that can be whitewashed uh, a whole bunch, um, and and so yeah, and I, th- I think there's even examples of like white white people whitewashing white people and being like, oh no, he didn't do that. Like one of the most notable references is is Forrest uh, Nathan. But Na- Nathan Bedford Forrest. Yeah, yeah. yeah we're uh, we're here in Memphis, Tennessee. So that was a uh, that's. There was a big statue to him. Yeah, for a while. we got that shit taken down. Um, and and white people, so many white people are like, well, yeah, he was in the KKK, but once he he found out like what they were about, he got the fuck out of Dodge. And right. and every single there's been like three or four iterations of, of just, the KKK. Yeah, just just different incarnations of them, and, and and every one of them has been racist as fucking fuck. Right. Excuse yeah, yeah, my. Yeah. I mean, it, it, there's like, there's uh, there are people who try to say that it was an organization for a different cause or something, um, initially, and and that's not fucking true. Dungeons you know, and Dragons weren't around back then for them to be dressing up like that shit. It's uh, it's a. Uh, a reaction initially to uh, Reconstruction mm-hmm. after the Civil War, and then it was uh, a, a you know a kind of a continuation of that, and uh, then a reaction to um, uh, attempts at equality and voting rights and and uh, different things throughout the 50s and 60s, and um, there's never been an okay um, incarnation of the fucking never. plan. So, never, uh, and but there are. You know there are people who who try and justify it. Fucking apologists. That, yeah, that just... and and it's uh, it's it's really prevalent in the in the South here, and uh, especially when there are monuments 
to these people uh, in public places, and there's a big debate over that. Yeah, we could, we, could, <laughs> we could have a whole episode on that. Yeah, but uh, it doesn't have as much to do with films. But, no. but uh, Moving on, uh, there's a scene after they steal the artifact, um, they go to South Korea because Claw plans to sell this artifact to CIA agent Everett K. Ross, who we discussed a little bit. Uh, but a, a, a firefight breaks out, um, and Claw attempts to, to bail and uh, is, is caught by T'Challa, um, who eventually releases him to Ross's custody. Um, and Claw tells Ross that Wakanda's international image is a front um, for a really advanced society, you know, ever right. ever K. Ross says no. I mean, it's like a kind of a third world country, and uh, and Claw says no. They've got a lot going on there. They've got a lot of resources and vibranium, and it's not just this small amount that you thought it was. And um, so, um, essentially, uh, out of that. Um, Ross is Everett K. Ross is injured. The CIA agent is injured, and uh, in order to save his life, they have to decide if they they want to take him back to Wakanda, where they can uh, use their super advanced technology to heal him. Um, and this is a really interesting scene because it shows. Um, to me, it's kind of like that. Uh, you know, debate. You can tell that T'Challa is kind of debating: Should I expose this person yeah, to my yeah, culture, this American CIA agent, to my culture? And, and as a new leader, is this a good decision for right. my culture and my people? Um, Could it come uh, back to haunt? Or him? yeah, or is it? You know, is this going to expose us? He did not in so many words, but to the American kind of Western. Mm-hmm. Um, because he could go back and be like, guys, there's this whole... <laughs> yeah, and, and, and imperialism ensues, right? I mean, there's going to be, um, next thing you know... Yeah, you let America find out something yeah. like Wakanda exists in the real world. And that's right. and um, It'll be time to spread some goddamn democracy. That's right. Um, that's for damn sure. So um, so there's a real debate kind of about that, really, in, in, in T'Challa's head, I think, leading up to that, but he... Uh, Agrees to um, to bring him back uh, to Wakanda. And it, to me, it kind of reminds me of uh, of the Jimmy Carter Shah of Iran situation uh, in the seventies, where um, he had uh, cancer, I guess, and was dying of cancer, and and uh, and wanted to be treated in the U.S. and and Carter. Um, made a very debatable decision um, whether it was, was good or bad or right um, or wrong to allow him to come to the U.S. for treatment. This um, this led to, to a lot of troubles um, in Iran and and, uh, and um, the entire, you know, the kidnapping of the, the storming of the embassy and everything. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of diplomacy involved there too, you know, and uh, there's a lot to do with um, with parallels of other historical events and um, and different ways that countries have aided one another in, in those in those ways and uh, and uh, there's a lot there you know so uh, 
My favorite, one of my favorite parts of the whole film, though, is is when um, is when Everett K. Ross wakes up um, and is uh, is referred to as as colonizer. Yeah. By, uh, <laughs> by his um, his, I think it's his little sister, right? Mm-hmm. Um, the head of the lab. Right. And. Uh, yeah, I thought that was really great, and uh, uh, she was Shuri, I believe, was her character's name. Is that how you say it? I believe Shuri? so. Um, so, yeah, I thought she was great through the whole film, also. Mm-hmm. Um, played by uh, Letitia Wright. Um, she was great, and uh, yeah, she, she, I don't remember the exact line, but she did, uh, he woke up and he said something, and she referred to him as colonizer, yeah. and it was... I think she got scared, and she was like, "Don't, don't scare." Oh, don't sneak up on me like that, colonizer! Or yeah, don't scare me yeah. like that, colonizer, or something like that. Yeah, super good. Yeah, um, that was hilarious. That was one of my favorite parts. Absolutely. Um, but you know, very uh, interesting little little part there about how um, about that kind of debate and uh, weighing the options and. Uh, the decision he he uh, T'Challa and ends up making to try and save Ross. So let's talk a little bit about the uh, what exactly the vibranium represents as a resource. I mean, there's all kinds of resources in the world that that are sought after and they're gone to war over. Uh, oil, of course, comes to mind, but uh, Wakanda's an interesting one. Uh, Wakanda has an interesting one um, and a really advanced uh, technology due to vibranium mm-hmm so I mean you know there's a lot uh, I guess there's a lot you could speculate over um, I wonder if it's supposed to represent their culture yeah I mean I kind of think that too because that's that's basically what America did to Africa is like um, steal their people steal their culture um, and then whitewashed everything yeah it's um, like white people are, are constantly uh, appropriating all of black people's culture um much as i love him eminem totally like took over rap in a way <laughs> that's true yeah i mean it's uh i think they want to protect the resource so as not to have it stolen and appropriated and bastardized and used uh, by the rest of the world because then they don't know how it's going to be used and that's um you know that's understandable. Um, it's kind of commodifying right. the, the thing, but um, who knows if that gets into the wrong hands, right? Mm-hmm. So I think that's really interesting. That was something that really struck a chord with me: is 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 um, the kind of fight over resources in the world and um, and just kind of. Uh, what vibranium might represent. I think you're right, though. I think it is probably, at least to me, it seems like uh, like it represents yeah, because that, like the, that the culture or something like that. You know, that's what I would take away from it. The uh, the vibranium is 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 basically what makes Wakanda Wakanda. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's the, the total basis for it, and you could you could parallel it. To, I don't know. It's parallel a verb. I need I need English lessons sometimes. Um, yes. um, there there could be a parallel rather right. uh, between um, because 
Um, when, when the slaves got brought over, all they had was their culture over here and the, 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 the remnants of it. And that's what, um, we took their, their, you know, f their labor and their culture and right. all kinds of things. But um, their specifically their, their labors, what like helped them get through, um, their, their, their songs, um, Yeah, I mean, there's just a lot of culture, and there's some religion in there. There's just, there's yeah. some rituals and, and different things that that uh, were kind of stolen and appropriated and, and, and changed. But um, let's move to what to kind of bigger than vibranium, uh, or maybe like you said, you know, that's what makes Wakanda Wakanda. But let's talk about Wakanda and or the kingdom of Wakanda. Is that a? I guess that maybe is a monarchy. I, mean, I suppose, king, right? I, yeah, so, I don't know what else to... There's a small council. Um, it may be one of the... It, it, kind of a council of elders. It may be representatives from each tribe. Right. Um, but, uh, uh, except for the Jabari tribe, who also still... Yeah, Mbaku ain't, ain't having yeah, shit to do no. with them. So, At least for most of the film. He, he comes around, though. He does. He comes through and he shows solidarity. Um near the end of the film and uh, and Wakanda bands together uh, but uh, against kind of an outside military kind of thing but uh, or militaristic thing but uh, yeah I think I think Wakanda is a very interesting place to talk about because um, you know you ha apparently you have to be one you know blood related to one of the five tribes to right. be ruler. Now, that is a way, again, maybe of protecting and defending your culture, but also, you know, um, what are, you know, you could debate the merits of that as mm -hmm. well, because we've seen a lot of dynastic politics before right, in a lot right. of places. and um, Which I guess that technically would make it a monarchy, because isn't that how most monarchs. Well, I mean, yeah, uh, dynasty family stuff. Very often it is. Yeah, yeah, I mean, very often it is um, very controlled and kind of handed down and inherited, right? right? Um, but um, there's there's also, you know, it's kind of a barbaric. You have to uh, you have to basically it's 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 combat. Right. How you yeah. take power, and uh, you can debate the merits of of that because maybe the best combatant may not always be the uh, best leader of a country but, sure but uh it's a it's a kind of a ritual thing that, that it's 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 how power changes hands there and it uh it works for their culture to an extent um until i guess uh mr eric killmonger comes through and we can talk about wakanda and segue into the military kind of militaristic aspects of uh, of the film uh, with that because Killmonger, Eric Killmonger, he was a kid from um, from Oakland who was the son of... Njobu? Yes, yeah. I believe so. The, um, uh, the brother who was, uh, was, was killed in 1992. Right. Um, so, you know... Shout out to... to, to Sterling K. Brown. I love yes. him and everything that he does. He's so fucking good. Yeah, he's super good. Um, 
So, you know, he grew up as just a kid in Oakland then, and there's a lot of socioeconomic things there. There's one that, um, I think there's one line where he says something about how he didn't didn't cry about that um, because yeah. he's, he was used to the violence or something like that in that area. So that's super interesting. That's tragic. Um, yeah, it, it really <laughs> is. It's really sad. But, uh, yeah, I mean, there's... Uh, there's a lot there, and, and uh, so then he, he finds himself in the military, right? And uh, and he got all of all of the kills that are kind of decorated across his chest, right? His chest, his arms, yeah. his back. It, yeah, they were all over. Um, they represent a kill, and each represent a kill, and um, and it's it shows how sometimes the military, very often the military, uh, can take a kid. Uh, from that type of uh, scenario and make them into a, a, a killer for for hire essentially and right um, and how that can shape and form identity and a psyche and ideology and that's really what led Eric Killmonger kind of down the road uh, that he was on it's it's it kind of I guess was the catalyst for that because a lot of socioeconomic and um, earlier stuff, I guess, really kind of put him on track for that. Right. Um, conditioned a, a certain way. Um, uh, but it, uh, the, the military sure did use it. Um, mm-hmm. To their advantage, yeah. And so then he, uh, he kind of adopts a really militaristic idea. And, it, and it's really, you know, I sympathize with him on a lot of that. I mean, he's kind of a revolutionary figure. In, yeah, in a lot no, of I don't blame so, him at all. Blame him at all for for wanting to go and give the like, vibranium and these resources of Wakanda to oppressed peoples around the world to yeah. be able to fight back against their oppressors. Fuck yeah! I mean, yeah, that's that's, that's hard <laughs> to argue with. That. <laughs> that's what we're about here. But uh, so as leftists, that's kind of hard to argue with. But uh, especially talking about the defense, uh, you know, against police brutality and things in their communities mm-hmm. with the Black Panther organization um, kind of harkens back to that uh, you know that's hard yeah, to argue Kill- with, Killmonger but, wasn't wrong in, 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 in his his ideas and, and approach and, 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 and that's interesting because he it, it, it was a little bit self-destructive I guess maybe yeah. and so um, and and so um it's interesting that T'Challa kind of took on a lot of his ideas, though. Yeah, that's um, what I was really happy about because, like, um, yes, uh, there there were there were still going to be a, a little bit of differences in in <clears throat> the approach, but he he didn't disagree with with Killmonger, right? And maybe took a more diplomatic approach, but um, yeah. I mean, I, I think there was a lot of. Um, I think I think you know it, it, that's part of what it took to push T'Challa to realize that that uh, some sort of international solidarity with uh, with oppressed peoples, um, you know, have, having them having vibranium as a resource could could improve things. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, you know, it didn't. It didn't really talk about how that's going to be used. I mean, he went to the UN, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, at the end of the film, um, another spoiler here, and and uh, and decided he was going to to let the world in on the Wakandan secret of the resources of vibranium. Um, 
those can, you know, maybe that's still up in the air. Yeah. Was that a good decision? You know, is how is it going to be used? Uh, send, I believe send us we're a, getting send us sequels, a tweet. So. Yeah, send so. us a tweet if you've got ideas. But, um, so, uh, I, I think that's debatable. But I think it's good that he opened it up um, to show some maybe some international solidarity with oppressed people. So, yeah. Um, but hopefully that goes more from the ground up and, and works toward the advantage, you know, in, for the betterment of the oppressed people rather than, um, you know, corporations getting a hold of it and, yeah. you know, big military forces getting a hold of it and all that shit. So um, that's interesting. Yeah, I hope we do get a sequel. And yeah, sure I think I think we're supposed to. And, and I'm sure Black Panther's going to be woven all throughout Avengers films and all oh, that yeah. stuff to, con yeah. to, to come. So. Yeah, I'm super excited for uh, in Infinity, Infinity War. War. Yeah. yeah. Yep, agreed. Uh, uh, before we get out of here, I, I do want to talk about uh, Killmonger's last scene. He, uh, oh, he, it's so good. Yeah, he got a he got a knife in the tummy, and uh, and it, it things were looking kind of bleak for him. And and T'Challa tells him that uh, that 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 we could still heal you. Mm -hmm. um, let us we can we can fix this. Let us heal you. Uh, and he's like, he says, quote. Why? So you can lock me up? Nah. Bury me in the ocean with my ancestors who jumped from the ship because they knew death was better than bondage. Yeah. End quote. And that that just fucking got me, man. That was what a what a way to go out. What a right. What a line. Um, we're we're both fans of of uh, super good writing, and I don't think you get any better than that. That right. was that was just super powerful and impactful. That was super good, and um, yeah, I mean, I, I, uh, I think that that sums it up well. The the character of Eric Killmonger, um, but yeah, essentially, I mean, just to summarize, um, the and I think it's important. Uh, sorry to cut you off. I think it's important to be. I don't know about you, but I wanted him to get healed, and yeah. And uh, go yeah, back I liked and, him for most of the film. Yeah, I I thought he was a great character, and I I I totally sympathized with him. He wasn't wrong in anything that he said. Um, so I wanted him to go back, but but I thought him uh, dying on his sword was was even more impactful. Yeah, yeah, and uh, he was he was true to his cause, and yeah. Uh, yeah, real quick, I, I just want to point out that uh, Mbaku, I guess, um, mm -hmm. of the Jabari tribe, did uh, show solidarity in, in helping heal T'Challa after Killmonger um, initially seemed to have defeated him uh, to take over um, the throne in, in Wakanda, mm -hmm. and, um, and, and he uh, helped lead the efforts uh, against... Um, kind of opposing forces, but uh, he also, when Everett K. Ross spoke how to turn, <laughs> I guess, um, in front of him, he barked at him and, uh, and, and just kind of would not uh, let, let up on that. He made sure it was known. Yeah, yeah Everett had no voice was, there. Yeah, that, 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 uh, that he was speaking out of turn and was... Uh, was not welcomed in doing so. No, I just absolutely thought that was kind of cool, yeah. kind of interesting that, uh, in the way that they handled that, but uh, and uh, in the way that that went over. Um, but 
yeah, it's a uh, it's a great film. I super enjoyed it. Uh, I thought it was looked great. It was well written. Um, of course, it's a Marvel film. I like a lot of those. Yeah, you know, they're uh, they're good films. Um, yeah, they they seemingly don't know how to make a bad film unless it's yeah. Thor two. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. And uh, but this one was uh, was kind of stuck out for a different reason. Oh yeah, and uh, was super cool and. Uh, so, if you've got thoughts on it, please uh, hit us up on Twitter at FilmLeftist or email us um, at leftistfilmpodcast at gmail.com. Uh, if you find us on iTunes, please leave us a review and a rating. We would very much appreciate it. We're still super new. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, Black Panther. Loved it a lot there. There's probably more than we have been able to unpack in this hour. But, yeah, uh, but it was. Uh, yeah, this, it was this, is, this has definitely been one of my favorite conversations. Uh, yeah. Probably my favorite episode so far. Definitely. What yeah. are we doing next week? It's been fun. Uh, next week we're going to do Ready Player One because we just saw that and uh, I was blown away by it. I thought it was super cool and uh, for a lot of different reasons. Yeah, and uh, tons to unpack there too. Yeah, there's a bunch of uh, bunch of different things politically to unpack there. So. Uh, so tune in next week. We'll be talking about Ready Player One. Thanks, everybody. Uh, we're signing off. In solidarity. Appreciate y'all. <laughs>